In the United States, everybody's really friendly towards um, entrepreneurs. It's a great achievement when you set up um, a business. I love Austin because it has a little bit of everything. It has uh, nightlife. It has You're listening to Move Your Business to the United States with me, your host, Kevin Turley. Like Fresh Springs, it's got you know music scene. It has. Today, Sebastian is taking me to the top. We are sitting in a rooftop bar perched upon one of Austin's most iconic hotels. And we are just about to meet a real-life Austin entrepreneur, Dan Dillard. Well, if we're not doing any video, let's just do it here. I mean, if we were doing a video, it makes sense to go do it over there. That's Dan Dillard. And while others were watching American football and sipping cocktails, we talked a different sport, the kind entrepreneurs like to play. I mean, if I have one message to say, it's this. And it's, it's we live life in fear. As a, from the time that you're about 10 years old, you, you adopt a fear that stays with you the rest of your life, whether you're, and fear guides everything that you do, unfortunately, from stopping you from taking that other job, stopping you from making the, making the leap into entrepreneurism, stopping you from, you know, that relationship. It's, we're, we're getting in the way of ourselves. And in my message, through everything that we're doing is inspiration, saying, you know what, get out of your own way. Fear is only an electrical spark in your head. If you understand that, it doesn't, it's not real. I'm here for a purpose, I'm here to create my entire life. Every one of us, the purpose of life is creation. We create things, we, whether it's a family, a business, a relationship, we're here to create. And so let's get to creating and living life. So um, I am sitting here in one of the most beautiful spots, I think, in Austin, in that it's a rooftop uh, bar at one of the, uh, nicest hotels in um, Austin, the Fairmont, and we're looking out over a beautiful blue sky. And Sebastian and I are here with a very special guest who's going to introduce himself to you. Dan Dillard. Dan, tell us a little bit about yourself. Right now I'm doing uh, Founding Austin, which is a media company. We'll go back to Founding Media, actually, which also does podcasting and, and YouTube channels. Um, that's one of the things we do. I also have a wealth manager. I've done that for 18 years. And father to a beautiful 15-year-old daughter, and uh, got a wonderful Weimariner that I uh, really love, and a wonderful girlfriend, so, and I love Austin. You love Austin, now that's, that's the key thing. Now, you know Sebastian and I are on this personal odyssey, visiting Austin, it's for my first time, obviously Sebastian's lived here, and I'm finding out so much about Austin, but I'm afraid you are now part of the stereotype I have, that everybody I meet in Austin seems to love it here. You are exactly right, I love Austin, love it. The reason I created Founding Austin is because I wanted to hear more of the inspiring stories of all the founders of Austin, people that make this city go and create companies and do whatnot. Okay, so Founding Austin, um, Dan, tell us a little bit about it. It's a beautiful magazine. I've just been looking through it. It's beautifully produced. You're editor-in-chief. Um, can you tell us a little bit, how, how often does it come out? Is it monthly? Is once it a quarter. Once, yeah. a, once a quarter, right. So I'll tell you the, the story behind Founding Austin. I actually wealth management 18 years, and during that um, time as a wealth manager, learning thousands of stories of different clients and the path that they're following, which is saving for kids' college, giving the, uh, the, their kids a bump into the world and try to make it easy street for them. 
I realized that they were putting a lot of pressure on themselves and a lot of finances, especially as colleges are getting more and more expensive. And then to put a kid in a college at 18 years old and, and know that that kid's brain hasn't fully developed yet. I mean, brains don't develop until you're 25 years old. Right. So, you know, you, you put someone with a lot of pressure into picking uh, their career. And if you've got or had a teenager, you know that that's one week they're gonna do something, the next week they're gonna do something else. Very difficult thing. And so people are spending a ton of money and putting kids into a college that 90% of people aren't using those degrees after they come out of college. So I, I scratch my head after 18 years and say, why is this society happening? And I look around and I see that uh, entrepreneurs have a different story. They go and they follow a burning desire in their gut. And they literally, whatever it is they're trying to create, they put everything into it and spend, you know, you know, five, 10 years eating ramen noodles, but at the end of the day, they truly create a life that is more stable for themselves and a life that's happier because they're following their passion. That, that's really interesting, Dan. And, and, and if I may say, that's one of the best um, descriptions of, an, of, of the entrepreneurialism and the people involved in it, um, that they're really seeking something. It's an adventure they're seeking. And as, as you know, Sebastian and I um, are discussing what is an adventure for a lot of Europeans, which is coming to the United States and a new frontier, a new, a new challenge, which is what entrepreneurialism is also about, I suppose. It's about, about challenging oneself, constantly going to the next frontier, the next, the, next, the next level in one's life, and not staying or resting on one's, one's, one's laurels. Sebastian, you're, you're an entrepreneur, you've been an entrepreneur for a number of times, you work with entrepreneurs, you discuss with entrepreneurs. Do you feel that that's that what Dan's been saying you can sort of identify with? I mean, I started, uh, you know, a number of businesses throughout my life, some more successful than others, you know, and um, I can totally identify this. You know, I think one of the most important things is to have grit, what Dan mentioned, you know, you need to eat five years of ramen noodles. You need to really be prepared to go the full length and to follow your dream. It's not always easy, but um, it's definitely worth it. So Dan, founding Austin, when I first looked at it, I thought, well, this is another glossy magazine and it's very nice and it's about entrepreneurialism in Austin. But there's actually, what you're suggesting, I think there's a much deeper philosophy here. How important is that to you in terms of the production of this, but also how much is it representative of what entrepreneurialism is within the Austin area? So I'm gonna take that in two different parts. First of all, I'll tell you my inspiration because I've got a fire in my belly that I've gotta do something. So, and, and as I look at my path and how it's taking me through life, what I learned is that it was, it was up to me to go share the stories of people that are out there doing it, making it happen and following their own path. So for me, founding Austin, building this founding media company is really a company about inspiration. When you live in a world that media is known as, if it bleeds, it leads, you know, and you hear fake news and all this other thing, or you've got social media, which is just kind of noise. I want to create a media company that inspires others to change their life and follow their own passion. And so the entire purpose is that. So that's what Founding Austin Founding Media is all about. Now there is only the stylist's creativity, his courage to dream, his knowledge and his experience to bring forth a beginning, a starting point a place of departure. The format is really that you speak to entrepreneurs and tell their story, really. 
So when I came up with the concept, it was like, I want to go and do a hyper-local magazine so that people can identify with their neighbors. Because at the end of the day, I don't necessarily want to hear about someone across the world because I don't identify as much. But if I visit the salon or if I visit the uh, restaurant or if I know of that brand in my own city, then that interests me. So I, that's why I want to create a hyper-local magazine to begin with. And the idea is to go into every other cities and do the same thing. But to your question is yes, the idea is to go and actually interview entrepreneurs all over So we've done probably 150 interviews in the last two years and gotten to know the city more in two years than I've, than I've been here in 17 years. So I get to peel the curtain and look behind and see how things are made and the thought process of the problem that the entrepreneur is trying to solve. And how do you distribute uh, the magazine? I mean, how can I, how can I get it? As an entrepreneur myself, I know that print, and as you can imagine, this, if you look at the magazine, my intention for the magazine is for it to be coffee table quality. Yes. So it's expensive to print. It looks amazing, yeah. Um, as an entrepreneur and a wealth manager, I knew that I needed to do controlled distribution, meaning that I needed to select where I want these publications. So I, I hand select where I go, go with these. Now anybody can get a publication digitally, they go to a website, read the stories. But if you want to put your hands on the beauty of this magazine, it, you're gonna have to go to select locations or, or contact us. Um, I go to co-working spaces all over Austin. Austin's got over 30 co-working spaces with tons of budding entrepreneurs. So I put the, the media where other people that are gonna absorb this media are at. I also go to the fanciest hotels in Austin and, and have deals with them to put it in every room so that when people visit Austin, they can hear about the stories that are in Austin and read the stories. So we, we are very methodical about how we distribute because I don't want to just blanket it to people that aren't going to read it because that's why media isn't, or, or print, as expensive as it is, we have to be thoughtful of how we distribute. And how many do you how many do you print per edition? Right now we're we're pr printing about five thousand wow. every quarter. Amazing. And uh, but again, our readership and, and eyeballs on it because we're in high traffic spaces is much higher than traditional magazines. Yeah, I can imagine. Do you have a do you have an estimate? Um, how many what what the readership is? How many? Well, if you look at if you think about uh, the traffic that's inside the inside co-working spaces or hotels for the matter, every quarter. Uh, they're going to have new new people in each room every night, so I would think fifty, you know, a five thousand print is going to get you a thirty to forty thousand uh, uh, readership eyeballs, and which is much different than is being done. And that's the whole thing about being entrepreneurs: how can I be more efficient with the way I print, other than just doing it as it's been done? And trust me. I work with editors and writers and all the time, well, I've done this this way. I'm like, well, that's not the way I do it. I am bringing a new philosophy to how we do things. Just listening to you speaking there, Dan, I was really impressed because I've worked in, in journalism and I know that there's a lot of idealism and, and, and sometimes a lot of misplaced idealism about launching product. Um, but it sounds to me like you, you're coming at this with a very cold business eye but a very bright eye for the content and for the message that you're coming across. I mean, this is a beautiful medium, but there's a, there's a very serious, in the best sense, message behind it, is there not? If I am an entrepreneur, like the entrepreneurs that I interview, I learn from them. I'm this collective knowledge of all these 150 uh, interviews I've done so far and, and, and more every day. 
And so I take those best practices and put it in, into place and try to just create that. One of the things that I don't want in, in the magazine, to keep it beautiful, I don't want it 60 or 70% ads. I want it stories. And I want beautiful ads and ads that are partners to us versus just anybody's going to be willing to pay us. And, and, and what happens in, in media so much is that they'll just promote anything because it's paying the bills. So I didn't want to put that kind of pressure on our magazine. So that's why I built a founding media company that now includes over 10 podcast titles and we're going into YouTube channels. So the idea is like if I can pay for print through much, much more types of media and reach people where they're absorbing the media, then it all works together. Just give us the name of your podcast, uh, Dan. So uh, one of the uh, podcasts, the one that I produce is Masters and Founders. And interestingly enough, uh, when I do Founding Austin, the limitations are this. It's got to be a company that has been in Austin, founded in Austin, and we try to get someone over 10 years so they, that we can get the experience and stories behind it. The limits that I have is I have about you know, 12 stories I can tell every quarter. Well, as you can imagine, in Austin, that's not a lot. And there's people asking me on a daily basis to get into the magazine. We couldn't do it. So I decided, well, I'm going to create a medium just for you because those stories are important as me as well. And so we created Masters and Founders. Master is anyone that has spent 10,000 hours or more at their craft. So take, Austin's also the music city capital of the world. So take one of our first masters. The first podcast we did was Jimmy Vaughn, who has an incredible story about his passion for music and where he learned. So I love Jimmy Vaughn. Jimmy Vaughn, uh, uh, his story, what gets me the most is, uh, and what's the funniest thing is, he picked up a guitar because he had a broken collarbone in playing football. And he got a broken collarbone because he, was, he knew that the way to impress a girl was to either play football or play music. Well, broken collarbone, he was stuck at home, picked up a guitar, had a family that taught him, uh, fortunate enough to have family and uncles that taught him some things about the guitar, and he was self-taught. But as he moved forward, he's, he's passionate about guitars, cars, and music, and he's, and, that, and he's followed his passion his entire life. He's made a great career in many famous stages and playing with many famous, other famous musicians doing what he loves, and he's that's the, the story. And he's the brother of Stevie Ray Vaughan, you said, right? Stevie Ray Vaughan is his brother, so they, they, they yeah. have had, had bands together, and they've just been in music for years and years and years. I mean, I think it was, uh, we, we counted how many hours uh, Jimmy has actually paid guitar, and it's well over 10,000. I think it was like 30, 40,000 hours of guitar. But one interesting thing about him that I really love is that he still takes guitar lessons. And so that's a big lesson that I give to entrepreneurs and anybody that's following their craft is you never stop learning. And even him being, I think he's over 60 at, the, at this point, 65 or something like that. I, I don't know the math in my head. However, played guitar for over 30 years. And some consider one of the best guitar, better guitar players, best guitar players in the world. And he still takes lessons. Hi, you're listening to Move Your Business to the United States. Just a quick word from our sponsors, Mount Bonnell Advisors. The people there have been advising clients on moving stateside for years. For all your needs, both business and practical, head over to mountbonnell.com to find out more. Thanks for listening. Sebastian, there's something of an echo in some of the things you've been saying to me about entrepreneurialism 
Um, because one of the characteristics you identified in an entrepreneur is not so much starry-eyed dreamers, but a grittiness through failure, through success. There's a certain grittiness. You know that that story seems to echo that. Yes, I think the one of the things that Dan said, um, I, I can totally share. So this is, I mean, this is kind of a, I guess, a well-known, um, a well-known figure that you say you become an expert um, in something once you've done it for ten thousand hours. Could be anything. Could be driving. Could be cooking. You know. Could be writing. Uh, so you really need to do something for a prolonged uh, amount of time. The problem is with with many people. I guess with many wannabe entrepreneurs nowadays is, and also young people, that they give up far too quickly. You know, they never reach that stage, and give up because they're disappointed because there are difficulties they need to overcome. Um, so you need to really, um, you know, uh, be on the ball and and keep on working, keep on struggling keep on practicing, and I think what uh, Dan says is a beautiful example, that someone who is really famous, an excellent guitar player, still has lessons because he still knows, you know, I haven't reached the end of the road, you know, I still need to learn. I'd like to draw out a little bit about what you were saying there, because you triggered something when you said about, you know, Jimmy continuing to take lessons, that something about the entrepreneurial path, do you know what I mean by that? That it's a, that it's a path of humility as much as it's a path of grittiness and determination, but there's also something about that it's an unfolding mystery. It's not, it's not a chore to keep practicing, you no, know? No, no, not at all. It's one of those things where, you know, what I've learned, and, and, and again, when I started this medium, the, the magazine, I wasn't wanting just to tell stories of success. I wanted to hear the good, bad, and ugly of building a business because at the end of the day, I want my readers to pick this magazine up and, and, and really learn from it. So if you're, if you're trying to start your restaurant, I want you to hear from restaurant owners and what they struggled with. So Because the only way we can grow as a society is learning from others. And so if I can be this source uh, and, and your show as well obviously the people that are doing this job as you said before collectively we rely on each other to share a message and we share this message together to help others see that there is a path that people can take and there's alternatives it's not just what you hear from your neighbor or your school teacher or your parents it's what others are doing and you get to choose that every every single day now done um you said something before we started taping, which I just want to draw out here, which, because um, Sebastian and I um, are discussing the business of Europeans coming from, from Europe over to America, particularly to the Austin area. Uh, entrepreneurs, people moving businesses, moving families, moving life, lifestyles, and, and entering into a completely new adventure. But you, you said something when we first met, which, which struck a real chord and, and wasn't what I was expecting at all was something about the concept of community and this magazine. Could you just, just for the listener, sort of expand? Because I tell you, I've worked in journalism. I've never heard anybody talk about a community. I've, I've talked about readers and I've talked about advertisers. I've never heard community. That was the second part. Earlier you asked a question. I said I was going to answer it in two parts. And one was what I loved about Austin. And the second part, uh, I've been asked many times since I've interviewed so many people in Austin. And obviously I love this city. If I could describe Austin in one word, what would it be? And the word is community. Um, it, no, no doubt about it. Yeah, sure, it's beautiful. Sure, there's outdoor life. Sure, there's lots of business. Sure, there's lots of entrepreneurism. But the heart of Austin is this community, meaning that you could pretty much email, contact LinkedIn, anyone in Austin, and say, 
hey, want to grab a coffee? I need some help with my business. And 99% of the time, they're going to say yes. No matter if it's a CEO of a big company or whoever it is, they'll say yes, they'll take time and give because Austin's also about giving and they know that this, it takes a community to build. And so I consider Austin as this garden of, of entrepreneurism. And the reason that you have a garden is because you have cultivators that give, give, give and want to give back through these coffee meetings and knowledge sharing. And that's what makes this city so great. Above everything else, it's a great climate and, and location and a lot of music and a lot of things to do. Food is second to none, but just community, just being able to pick the phone up and say, I need some help with my business. I think we made that exact same experience while we were here, right? I mean, everyone we, uh, we wanted to meet or asked to meet us always said yes uh, straight away, made time sometimes, a significant amount of time. Well, to talk I'm, to us. I'm almost suspicious that the Austin Tourist Board has been paying everybody before we came here because <laughs> it's been such a positive experience, I can't believe it. But just, uh, Dan, going back to that, it's very interesting, that idea that uh, community, because you know the old uh, slightly hackneyed expression now from Africa, I think originally, that it takes a village to raise a child. And it's almost what you're saying there is it takes a community to create entrepreneurs, you know, yes. that, that, that entrepreneurs do not drop from the sky right. uh, with a wand and say, right, here we're going to go. I mean, most entrepreneurs I know are connected with other people and need other people. You know, yeah. the creative people need the software, the software need the accountants, the accountants need the bankers. And, you know, we're all connected in a sense. Yeah, for which, sure. Which goes against so much of what the modern world tells us. Yeah, so I'm going to take this into a more philosophical thing that I like to, like to talk about. And that's this thing called fear. Um, I think that a lot of the world has a fear and this fear in every aspect of life uh, causes them to be crippled and not act or causes them to try to protect, causes them to try to like fear that you're gonna lose something. Live in, when you live in a fear, you're not living in abundance. You have to live in abundance every single day before you create abundance. And so the thing that I love about Austin is that there's no fear. It, I, I go to so many meetings and share coffee with so many people. And there's never like, hey, sign this NDA before I share my idea with you. It's not that at all. It's like, hey, tell me about your idea. Yes, I want to help. And truly, there's this altruistic thing there where you want to push the ball forward because at the end of the day, you never know how that karma is going to come back and help you. And, the, and you're not doing it for that reason. You're, you're doing it to serve. But at the end of the day, people serving each other is what makes this community so great. Sebastian, you, you've lived in Austin. Do, do you recognize what Dan's saying? I, I totally recognize uh, what Dan said. Yeah, I made this very much uh, the same experience. Um, with hindsight, sometimes I wish I would have had made more use, you know, of the options um, and possibilities that were available in Austin in that regard. Um, but I also feel a lot has been, I mean, you know, in, in the entrepreneurs world in Austin, a lot has happened in the last 10 years. A lot of has developed and a lot of new people moved here. Um, I can share this very much, and this is a, certainly one of the reasons why I lived here and even moved back here, you know, um, after I went back to London uh, for a few years. Um, um, I, I can totally agree with that. Yeah. I do want to say one thing, as you said, a lot of Austin's had a lot of entrepreneurs here coming here, and I agree. We've probably doubled in size in the last 10 years, and you see the skyline was 10 years ago and what it is now. It's, it's practically doubled. So, I mean, London, there's a lot of building work being going on, but I think Austin must be second to London in terms of skyscrapers and cranes and building work. I counted work. cranes the other day. We had like 15 cranes in town. It's like 
crazy. But that's also a sign of hope and future. Hope, future growth. But I do want to say something. I think Austin's done a great job of when you move to Austin, people have adapted the Austin community feeling and spirit. So it's not like all these people have transplanted to Austin, brought their own ideals, which, yeah, ideas are great. However, the community, the heart of Austin is transforms them as a person. That's what I've, what I witnessed. I, I, would, I would agree with that. However, I, I'm, I'm not exactly sure that, um, I mean, certainly when I moved here initially, I wasn't aware of that. I mean, I didn't move here uh, for that particular reason. You know, I moved here for other reasons, you know, and it took me some time to, to understand that. So this is why I think now, now we're having a different approach. Now we have realized it ourselves and now we're we inviting other uh, clients to come here from Europe, particularly to Austin, um, because we believe that this is probably one of the best places or the best place in the United States at the moment to set up a business. Definitely Austin has your back. Where, no matter where you're coming from, we're open to ideas and we're gonna share, I mean, it is also Texas, right? Texas is a very warm, welcoming, it's just got a, this great spirit about being Southern and welcoming and, and we got lots of land, come on in and we're gonna give you some Southern food and all that kind of good stuff. So there's a lot of culture here that, and spirit that's undescribable. But at the end of the day, it helps entrepreneurism. It helps cultivate ideas. We say yes to ideas. We say, how can we help take that to the next, you know, if you compare this to American football, it's like, how can we take this next five yards? Because you win a game by every single five yards, every single 10 yards, you get a first down. So how can we take this to the next, how can we help you take this another 10 yards to achieve your dreams and goals? Now, um, Dan, when we were driving through Austin today, I saw a bumper sticker and it said um, uh, something like uh, keeping Austin weird. Yeah. And, uh, and I said to Sebastian, what does that mean? And Sebastian said something like, well, that's, that's the kind of theme of the place. And um, just what you're saying, I mean, maybe you'd like to explain it, but what you're saying is that weirdness can be frightening for some people, but it seems in Austin, it's kind of like, there's no, there's no fear. Whatever you're bringing, we look at. Weird is a cool way to say acceptance at the end of the day. Uh, keep Austin weird, bring us whoever wants to come in and we're gonna accept it. And that's what I've taken from this after 17 years of being here. We have had all types of people come through and we're accepting. Um, we had a, you know, an icon in, in Austin, his name, he was an attorney. His name was Leslie. If you haven't looked him up, you should look him up. He's no longer with us, but he was definitely his own person and well known in Austin. And to me, it's just the acceptance of Austin, whether you are all tattooed up and artful, where you're an artist, a musician, a business owner, whatever it is, we're going to accept it. And, and beyond that, we're going to appreciate you for who you are and the value you bring to this earth. That, that's, that's an incredibly powerful and welcoming statement to European entrepreneurs who are considering Austin as a future home for themselves and their families and their businesses. Yeah. When you use the word community, there's, and, and, and the other things you've been saying, and, and I have experienced this in the few days I've been here, but there, there's almost like a, uh, I'm struggling for another word, there's almost like a nurturing, you know, that once, once you're inside the home, you're part of the family type thing. Sure. That's a Southern and Austin and Texas way of being. It's once you're, once you're 
here, how can we help? How can we help? Because not to say that we are not competitive. Obviously, we got UT football and all this other kind of stuff. We, we love our football. We love our competitiveness. We love that. But in the spirit of becoming a better, better humans on this earth, and we know that entrepreneurism is so vital, so important, because you have this creativity that sparks from anywhere that's meant to improve the earth. We're all here on the earth for a purpose. The universe is giving us a sign that says, here's, here's your calling. Whether you take it or not, it's up to you. But if you are gonna take that ball and run with it, we're gonna to here to help. And, and if it's not that, it's another thing. And do you think, I mean, I don't know, Dan, uh, I don't know you well enough to know if you've lived in other parts of the United States, but do you think that, I mean, it sounds to me like Austin is a kind of spiritual center. I am using those words deliberately for entrepreneurialism in that it's the environment in which anybody can come uh, and make a contribution and, and through that somehow not just contribute to societies at large, but also find their true calling. Yes, for sure. So I, I'm well-traveled all over the States, and I love the United States, and I love the world. I mean, it's one of those things I just, I just have a passion for everything world. Um, but every city's got its own spirit, and that's its own thing. And um, I appreciate the beauty of San Diego. I appreciate the sun of California. I appreciate, you know, Maine and its fishing and all the things that I appreciate Florida. I appreciate Oregon. I appreciate Portland. I appreciate all these cities. I do think that Austin has its own spirit, and I know it's got its own spirit, and that's why my passion is, is talking and teaching the world that our spirit is community. I would love to spread the spirit of this community across the world so that people know that you can do things differently. You can do things with community. We can do things with a welcoming spirit and help others and help yourself at the same time. Sebastian, that's, that seems to be your manifesto there on the table. Yes, yes, definitely. I mean, that's what, you know, that's really what we do. And um, that's what really what we, that message that we want to transport to um, and convey to uh, European entrepreneurs looking to set up in, you know, a business in the United States that Austin has exactly that spirit. And that, that's what it's good for. Because you've consistently said to me that Austin is the place. Austin is the the portal for the United States, you know, that that, that, that is the place for an entrepreneur to go. Yeah, I, I, I totally believe that. Yeah, I totally, I'm on the same page there with Dan, totally. I think it's for anyone making that step here, you know, come to the US, it's a great way uh, to get started. And I hit the ground running, you know. We're busting at the seams already, so I know that a lot of fellow long-term Austinites that are like, <laughs> oh, no more people. But at the end of the day, they, they say that jokingly because we welcome people. And yes, the rest of the states, as I mentioned, are great. I miss you know Nashville and Dallas and Houston and all these places. Every every place has its purpose. Uh, but if you're a budding entrepreneur that needs some support, needs some ideas, needs a community around it, that's what we're about. Well, thank you very much, Dan, for for coming on the podcast and talking about uh, Austin, talking about founding Austin, which is a must read. And uh, if anybody can check that out on the website. Um, because it'll give you an insight into the entrepreneurial community that exists here in Austin. And I have to say that this is, this, where we're taping this podcast, which uh, I'm afraid our listeners can't see, is just the most incredible sort of night sky. There's a, just a wonderful atmosphere, and uh, I want to thank Dan uh, for, for coming on the show. And um, yes, thank you very thank much. Thank you for having me. I, I certainly enjoyed it. I run many podcasts myself, and... Welcome people to come check us out on Founding Austin, Masters and uh, uh, Founders podcast as well. 
learn more about the Austin community. And we have several, several other titles within the whole network. But I, I really appreciate the time that you've spent with us. And I really love spreading the word across the world, what we're doing. And welcome anybody. Next time on Move Your Business to the United States. Coming into a startup in America, failure is, is not an option because that's going home. That's admitting failure. So for us, failure is not an option. You've been listening to Move Your Business to the United States with me, Kevin Turley. A huge thanks to my producer, Emmett Glynn, who produced this podcast for Mount Bonnell Media. To find out more, go to mountbonnell.com. And remember, dream big, dream America.